artificial intelligence is no longer the stuff of science fiction. It's dominated social media, news, even labor disputes in Hollywood. We're here in the ECRI lab with Aaron Sparnan, our senior engineering manager, to talk about how artificial intelligence is being used in healthcare today, what's coming next, and how organizations can prepare themselves for the risks. Aaron, what are some examples of how artificial intelligence is being used in healthcare today? AI is great for things that are either tedious for people to do, so you know, it can be done by a human but takes too long, like identifying those patients. So some of the most obvious and well-publicized examples are in clinical imaging. So perhaps helping to make a better image out of less dose given to the patient or helping uh, more generalized caregivers give a diagnostic quality ultrasound image. Uh, also, you can find a lot of applications in looking through patient data in EMR EHRs to look for patients at risk of decline or sepsis or heart failure, things like that. But that's only in the FDA cleared world. Okay. And there is a whole universe of stuff outside of that, including things like AI algorithms that are running on maintenance information to try to identify devices that are prone to failure. Mm or perhaps AI technologies that are looking through huge pools of data, trying to identify patients of interest for retrospective clinical studies. One thing that's gotten some attention is ways that AI can perpetuate biases, particularly, you know, like for instance, racial biases. What are some ways that we see that happen? Well, AI and ML-enabled technologies are only as smart as their training and validation data. And also, too, they are going to reflect the biases and the experiences of the care that has happened to date. Mm -hmm. If you build it on EHR data, you're going to get whatever biases are baked into that EHR data. And here's some examples of where that happens. So historically, there are a lot of clinical care algorithms, so calculators that doctors and nurses use to calculate you know, what type of care to give to a patient or to prioritize or to score them were baked in years ago by folks who were trying their best but noticed that there were disparities in how people were ending up based on their race. Now, correcting for race as part of a clinical algorithm is going to bake in mm -hmm. <laughs> differences in care. And so when you're building AI systems off of those different care patterns, you're gonna see differences. There's been some really good research articles on earlier AI-enabled technologies that were kind of baking in bias <laughs> into their technologies, where, you know, historically, a lot of clinical decision algorithms have included race-based corrections. So for heart attacks, you know, your score may be different if you are black. For kidney function, your score may be different if you are not white. And these were perpetuated over time in the best of intentions to help kind of correct for disparities in patient condition versus the numbers that are coming up on lab tests. Well, artificial intelligence is only as smart as the training data it's based on. Mm -hmm. And things like, you know, clinical algorithms that told people to adjust for race or uh, using historic spending data to try to guess how much care to give people in the future. Mm. These are terrible ways to <laughs> figure out how people best need care because it is just baking in all the biases and, and inequities that we've been dealing with for years and years. That being said, now that we're seeing these, these failures, you know, it's the old know better and do better. Mm -hmm. We're now seeing a lot of researchers very interested in questioning those historical algorithms that would correct for race. Well, 
perhaps it's not the patients that are wrong. Maybe it's the algorithm that needs a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. And so a group of researchers from Stanford, Chicago, and Harvard assembled by Emma Pearson took a look at knees. So historically, people in underserved groups actually report higher degrees of pain for the same knee structure as measured by x-ray. Okay. Now, historically, it might have been an easy, you know, suggestion for researchers to say, well, let's just correct for race because that way we'll score them properly. But Pearson and her colleagues actually figured out how to use AI to look at a much wider data set hmm. to provide a much better predictor and characterization of knee status and knee pain based on things outside of just the x-ray. Mm -hmm. So now instead of trying to, you know, correct for and fit patients into algorithms that are broken, we can use artificial intelligence to help build better algorithms that in provide better care. So that's something that's being done to correct that issue from the development end. What's something that an organization can do who's using, using these tools? Sure. So first thing I would do is make sure that your organization has some sort of an AI governance body, even if it's informal and ad hoc. But the tasks involved are knowing what technologies are in use right now and which ones are under consideration. Once you find them, because that can be the hard part, then it's time to start asking questions. So as a user, before you buy a technology, first ask a lot of questions about you know, the clinical indication of a system. What does it think it's trying to find? Mm -hmm. What type of patients was it trained on? Was it trained on patients that are anything like yours? If you're not sure how to assess you know, what patients like mine means, the Center for Disease Control actually has some really good resources on social determinants of health hmm. that can help you walk through like all of the different frames to think about rural versus urban, high net worth, low net worth, access to care, literacy for health, all of these types of things. So look at your population, look at the training population, talk to the vendors, try to figure out you know, whether you anticipate there's going to be challenges there. But then also pre-deployment, ask your vendor if they will do a validation on your own historical data. Hmm. Because if it's a system that's looking through data on your system, you're probably already collecting data. Right. You, probably, you probably know, say, two or three months worth of patients recently, you know how they ended up. Right. So test the system on your own patients and validate it and work with the vendor to see if any tweaks are needed before deployment. Try to get your arms around which systems are already in your facility. Yeah. And artificial intelligence enabled systems are pretty sneaky sometimes because they can show up in, they can show up in an application in your clinician's pocket. Mm -hmm. They can mm -hmm. show up in a new setting on your t CT scanner that you just got with your new software upgrade. Mm. They can enter your facility in a lot of different ways and it's important to just keep an eye out on the landscape so that then you can properly govern the technologies. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for the chance. Have a great one. Thanks for watching ECRI Now. You can find more insights from the experts on YouTube and at ecri.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Paul Anderson.